the Special Strength Fitness Podcast, where we break down the psychology, fitness, and nutrition strategies you need to know to successfully transform your life. Now, today's episode is a special one because it's the first episode in a four-part series I'm doing for Father's Day. Now, for those of you who don't know, Father's Day is June 20th, which I believe is next Sunday. And in honor of Father's Day, I don't usually make a big deal out of these things, but I, I have a platform now where a lot of people are listening in, men and women. And I get a lot of questions from men and women regarding their health and fitness. But one thing that's common throughout society as it is in health and fitness is there's a lack of support when it comes to men and their issues, whether it's physical health, mental health, psychological well-being. There's a, there's a desire that needs to be filled there. We, we have to give men a lot more support. And in honor of Father's Day, this is episode number one. And I can't be more excited about having my special guest on today. I think this topic is one of those topics that's considered taboo in a lot of circles and in a lot of cultures. You know, people don't talk about it. In my culture, certainly, it's like a taboo hush-hush thing. But we all know behind closed doors and behind, you know, behind walls, everybody's engaged in trying to improve this particular aspect of their health in different ways. And when you don't have the right information, you're going to go about getting information from the wrong places and end up doing things that may not be the greatest. They certainly won't help you in that aspect. And in many cases, they might actually hurt you. So I'm super excited to have my guest today, CJ Rodriguez. He's a men's health coach, and he is the, also the host of the Masculine Health Solutions podcast. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out, especially you guys out there, please check it out. Lots of beneficial information for you in, in those episodes. Um, I had a chance to be a guest on his, uh, podcast, which was awesome. So, uh, I, I just told him, listen, man, I have to have you on my show because the topic you specialize in is something that men desperately want answers for. It's probably the most asked, uh, aspect when it comes to men's health and performance, but they don't ask things, you know, publicly. Nobody comes out on Facebook and says, Hey, I want to know more about, you know, X, Y, Z. They'll just come to you privately. So, what is this topic that I keep circling around? What is this aspect of health? Well, it has to do with your sexual health, okay? Men's sexual health. And there's so many aspects to this. Uh, if you look at society overall, overwhelmingly, so many men are suffering but within, right? Men were super good at just hiding our feelings, kind of locking that stuff in. So many men are struggling and suffering because their sexual health is not doing okay. And it's tied into their psychological health, their their fitness and nutrition levels. Uh, and I can't wait to get into these topics. So without further ado, welcome to the show, CJ. What's going on, NTS? Glad to be here. Awesome um, to see you again, man. Hey, uh, so just specialize in men's health, particularly sexual health and male enhancement. Um, it's kind of following around for a couple of years. I'm a personal trainer by trade as well. Um, but more than anything, I've just been coaching guys in regards to this. And more than anything, the male enhancement aspect of things, because that's kind of where a lot of the a lot of the lies kind of lie. And, I, and I've been in that field for about 10 years now helping guys out. And it is taboo. And usually it's kind of something that's kept behind closed doors. But improving sexual actually, you know, getting the male enhancement that you're actually looking for through legit techniques is kind of my thing now. So that's where I've just been coaching people. And that's where I help people the most, mainly guys. Well, and, and that's awesome. You know, guys. I guarantee you, uh, I, I can, I can look at the numbers after and verify this, but I can guarantee you right now, um, there's, there's not going to be a lot of chatter in the comments section when I post this episode on my socials, but I guarantee you, this is going to be one of the more popular episodes because like I was saying, men tend to be closeted about this kind of stuff. We just don't like to talk about it. And for some reason, it's taboo. See, I never understood that, CJ, because when something's taboo and it's not discussed, information is not being uh, transferred between people. So if you have a misconception or you have a wrong idea about something or you don't know about something, you're going to stay in that state and you're not going to make any improvement. So I feel that, you know, the knowledge that you're about to impart on the audience is super, super important. And I want to get right into it. So let me ask you a question to kind of start us off. How do you define sexual health when it comes to men? What is sexual health? For me, sexual health is being able to perform at your best with bringing your best self forward. So for me, number one, I mean, as men, it's like if you got a floppy erection that's lackluster, you're half masked. I mean, it's very difficult to satisfy your woman in that way. Right. So if I want to perform to my you know, maximal capacity, I want to make sure I can perform on all ends. Like another thing that we see guys that, you know, have no cardio, they're huffing and puffing stairs. So, you know, when it's into it, this guy, it looks like he might have a heart attack. <laughs> so just from that standpoint itself, you know, and it's not even about switching into like weird karma sutra positions. It's just 
being able to do the act, being able to please your significant other, and you know, getting down happily where both people can come out feeling good about themselves. So I feel more than anything, sexual performance has to do with the confidence and the ability to do what you want in the bedroom. That's I love that you just dove right into it because this is going to be that episode. <laughs> it's like we're going right for it. So if you guys listen, um, the audience here, if you guys listen to this in your car, when you're driving around, make sure the kids aren't around because uh, <laughs> this is not going to be a PG-13 episode. This is definitely going to be where we discuss the hard topics and, and we should discuss it because as adults, it's on us to improve our lives in every way possible. So uh, let me ask you before, let me backtrack a little bit. What inspired you to dive into the realm of sexual health and fitness? What got you started in this path? More than anything, it was just the conversations I was having with my clients, along with the fact that, you know, I was kind of exploring male enhancement for myself. And I mean, like I've talked about in previous episodes on on my podcast, you know, I, I spent like 500 bucks, you know, and I kind of believed the lies, I guess, you know, buying these pills, these things that didn't really work. And by chance, you know, they had an extender and I started messing around with that and I started making gains in that sense. Right. And I started to share that with my clients. And obviously, you know, male enhancements slash sexual performance, they kind of go hand in hand, right? In order to maximize my ability to grow, I got to make sure that, you know, I can perform at my fullest. And in order to do that, I had to learn more about nutrition, how certain supplements play into it, how deficiencies play into it too, right? Like if you're low on vitamin D, good luck, you know, (laughs) if your testosterone levels are low, good luck. That's another thing too. It's like, we see a lot of guys that are taking HRT or TRT and they're in their thirties. I'm like, you don't need to, man. Like, why are you taking synthetic versions of testosterone if you just maximize who you are by getting rid of some visceral fat, you know? Yeah. And just because of that, I started to explore the topic and I started to share the topic with my clients. And that's where the coaching kind of came in and it went hand in hand from there. What are some of the lies that you came across the industry? Like when you first got started down here? Uh, one of the biggest things is like, you got to perform. One of the biggest things I'd say right off the bat, man, is porn. Porn is the biggest lie and it's full of nothing but misconceptions and just a whole bunch of BS, man. Porn kind of makes every guy believe he's got to perform for 45 minutes, stay hard and, you know, and just perform like these guys in the bedroom. Like, that's not the case. It's about satisfaction. It's about really honestly kind of like me at a spiritual level almost. You want to make that connection. And as far as the male enhancement pills and a whole bunch of this, that, and the other, I'm like, some of them do perform. Like I I always say that some of them will help you, right? Like some of them will help you get harder, but it's not going to actually cause growth, the growth that you're looking for, right? That comes from specific exercises. But one of the biggest things is like, oh, you'll increase your sexual performance in a bottle. I'm like, it doesn't work like that. A supplement, whether it's in the gym or sexual performance, man, it's, it's just supplemental to what you already have. And what you already have is if you're lacking in that foundation, then why are you worried about, you know, painting the outside if you haven't even built the foundation for your house yet? It doesn't make any sense, right? Right. Painting a Honda Civic Ferrari red doesn't make any sense. You <laughs> yeah, it's still a Honda Civic. Still a Honda you Civic. Know? Yeah. But that's kind of one of the biggest things I just come across. Like guys think they got to perform like porn stars in the bedroom, pills that are just selling you this, that, and the other. It's like, no, it doesn't work like that, man. So let me tell you a fun story about this. It, it, it's I'm so glad you brought up the topic of porn. So, um, you know, working with my clients, I, I strictly remember this one time, distinctly remember this. There's a female client of mine who, you know, clients always like to talk like you're their therapist in the gym. You know this. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, they're telling you stories and their problems and all this stuff, which is awesome, right? You, you get to help them a little bit and, you know, if it helps them, so be it. But this one uh, girl, she was relatively, she was in her mid-20s, I think, and she was talking about dating guys and everything. And she was telling me how, you know, she was having trouble with these, these these exes of hers. And I was like, okay, so, you know, what kind of problems? Because she was supposedly really bothered by this. And she was like, oh, you know, these guys, they wouldn't last, you know, they, they just wouldn't last. <laughs> so I remember I asked her like, okay, so because I have a science background, I understand that men are not supposed to be, you know, good to go for 45 minutes like that. Most men aren't, right? That's not yeah. the genetics or the performance markers that uh, exist in human nature. But I asked her, like, so where, where are you getting your information from that, you know, men are supposed to, you know, last for an hour, are supposed to be X, Y, Z. And and lo and behold, she's like, yeah, you know, you see guys in porn and stuff and they can do that. And, and it's like, hold on a second. Pornography <laughs> is not just affecting men. It's affecting women's perception of what a man is and helping change the definition of a man to someone in a bedroom, at least, can last for an hour, two hours or whatever. Yeah. And, and that's just not reality, is it? No. 
The thing is, there are ways in where you can improve sexual endurance by all means. Like there are techniques that you can totally do. I mean, you can use numbing creams and all that. But when it comes to porn, it's funny because people are like, yo, you don't think they're, they're going to stop mid-take? Like you don't think they take coffee breaks in between? They do all kinds of things to make sure that they can last for as long as possible. Not only that, they're taking Viagra, they're taking Cialis, they're taking all these other things that are just meant. I mean, that's for guys with ED, but these guys are taking it so that they can stay rock hard for an hour long shoot, you know, and, and yeah, they're taking dr other drugs like uppers and all that stuff. Like they're oh, taking yeah. some hard stuff out there. And I mean, these people it, at the end of the day, it's like for me, porn isn't really synonymous with sex. Like it's not like you're basically seeing some dude going in there, just pounding the chick and then busting all over the place. It's like, nah, man, it doesn't work like that. Like, I mean, most people in a healthy marriage, we don't, you know, it's, it's not a true reflection of what, you know, sex in real life really is. And it's kind of like, you know, we joke around at work with some of the dudes too. And it's like, hey, you know, it's Wednesday, the kids are out, you know, you do it, you make love, make sure everybody goes home satisfied. And then, you know, you, you kind of keep going about your day, right? Like it, it, certain things sure are kind of true, but it's, it's the extreme, right? It's the extreme side of things. And now you got a woman who expects a man to last for an hour because she's shot in a porno and, and this guy does this, that, and the, it's like, nah, not really. You can improve sexual endurance, of course. But to perform like that, you know, on a Wednesday night after you worked a, you know, 12 hour yeah, shift, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, not <laughs> it's difficult, you know. Um, I like to um, provide this PG example to to the men that I know uh, when they want to explain this to their boys who are growing up now, you know, in their teenage years. It's like, okay, listen, when, when you're watching porn, it's like watching the WWE, right? <laughs> the fake wrestling stuff. No one's exactly. gonna wrestle and fight for real for thirty minutes and then climb on top of a ladder and jump from there and fight more. <laughs> you know, it's it, that's not how it works. You go the real stuff. You you look at MMA. You look at how much you know how, how quickly yeah. it's over. You know, like there's a reality versus there's the theatrical extreme perception. The cinematic, yeah. And, and most people when they talk about pornography, they talk about men and their problem with pornography like terry cruz famous actor right oh yeah decent guy reading about he that. publicly came out about that that it was affecting him and he had to finally like dish that thing it's a continual problem for him that he's continuing to work on but it, it the focus always is on men and as much as this podcast is about men's health and we're going to talk about men's health i really think it's important to touch on the fact that females are also a big demographic who are into pornography and not just that it the biggest thing like i alluded to earlier it affects their perception of what a man should be. And men, as much as we like to hide our emotions and we're rock solid and we're, you know, never emotional, it affects men's self-esteem when a woman has these kinds of expectations, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, that's kind of, you know, going back to the whole performance side of things, it's kind of like now you raise the bar for what is expected from men, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Cause like the old school mentality of like back in the days of Genghis Khan is I just got to get her pregnant and then kind of go from there, you know? Right, like, right. Where exactly. it's like, no, nah, I just got to get 40 chicks pregnant as soon as possible, good to go. And, um, you know, even if you look in the past, you know, a woman would have to go to the doctor and he'd use his vibrator to get them off. Like it was something that actually happened, right? And obviously it's important to satisfy your woman. Now, that being said, doing full WWE, you know, you, you don't have to do the whole Karma Sutra, you know, double leg right. lock, figure eight from the bleachers you know it's it's not about that right so let me ask you this what is the number one issue you've talked to many men you've trained many yeah. men the discussions have happened so what is the number one issue you see men facing when it comes to their sexual health number one i'd say it's it's kind of like he talked about this one last time but it, it falls into the same category man it's stress you're stressed out you're not performing well you're stressed out you're not big enough you know you're stressed out from work you're carrying that over um, you and your wife fight. So it's kind of like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want right. to indulge in having good, healthy sex. But more than anything, stress does kind of come in. It does. I think it's the biggest factor. But at the same time, I would say that now, because so many guys around our age have grown up watching porn, like I'd say that's probably the second biggest factor, man, is that mm -hmm. it's had a heavy influence on guys. Like even myself, I remember the first time I watched porn, like I was a kid, dude. I was like, what, grade five, right? Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like you're setting people up to expect that from a very, very young age. And now I think as we get society continues to progress more into the whole technology side of things, yeah, you know, with your tablets, with YouTube, whatever the case may be, it's, it's getting even worse. People are more connected to porno than ever before, you know, like, and now there's only fans where people can prostitute themselves even oh, easier, geez. right? Which is just nuts. But 
I, like I don't really understand the whole thing like when it comes to like only fans and all that like I kind of saw some and then it was funny because they were trying to advertise it as a as a as a fitness platform and I'm like that's not what you guys are known for right it's like wait you're a minute what, that. like what's going on here you know and they, I guess what they're trying to do is just kind of like you know you can sell yourself it doesn't have to always be sexual but what I'm getting at is just you know now that everything's so accessible online it's like we're creating a gateway and and for kids who have like an undeveloped prefrontal cortex man it's like dude their little brains are watching this stuff and it's just it's taking them down you know path that they don't need to go on so i'd say man i don't know it's probably a combination of stress and porn and then some guys they create that feedback loop where it's like i'm stressed out i'm gonna watch porn i'm gonna get off that was and Terry Crews. Kind of, I remember his interviews. He was talking about that, like whenever he or he would do the out. same thing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. the they talk about that, right? It's kind of like you know what neurons that fire together, wire together, right? And that's the thing is that you start you start to create the psychology, you know, or the psychological patterns that say, "Hey, I'm stressed out. I'm gonna go do this," and guys continue to do it. And it's that feedback loop, and it's the same thing as any other type of addiction. And um, I think it was NoFap.com that I was reading about where a doctor was talking about how you know porn lights up the brain the same way cocaine does or sugar does right so it gives you releases all that serotonin all that dopamine you feel great right the endorphins are released and it's like hey man what you're doing is actually detrimental and it's not real man you're making love to a screen dude like Mm -hmm. and i think i think now honestly with the young generations man i'd probably have to go with that i think it's probably the worst thing for guys and girls like just for everybody as a whole right yeah, and, and you know that stress is such an insidious thing because stress can be beneficial, right? Because when we go train in the gym, we're creating stress. That's all stress, we're doing. Yeah. And if you do it in a positive way, it helps you grow and get stronger and better. But when stress is chronic, when it's not, um, when you don't look into the root cause of what's causing you that stress, that can lead to these issues where you're dependent on something like pornography. It's the yeah. same uh, pattern, like you said, with any other addiction, food addiction, people are snacking all the time, overweight, same damn thing. You're stressed <laughs> out. You go reach for something that's going to satisfy a, a craving, a need to feel good. And all of a sudden, you know, a year later, you're 20 pounds heavier. There you go. 100 calories a day adds up pretty quick, man. It's 3,500 calories. Let's say, you know, you keep about 500 of those calories a week, man, times that by five, you know. Uh, and then that translates into how many pounds of fat i can't remember it's like 3500 calories right so yeah but that being said it's a small patterns and those small patterns are kind of like what basically create your life man it's like the habits that you create your your daily habits are are what is going to give you you know the life that you have right and i think for so many guys it's it's worse than they think especially on mobile I can guarantee this, there's guys who are listening, who uh, you know are, are resonating with what, what, what we're saying, but they're stuck in a rut. Right? They're stuck yeah. in a, they don't know how to get out of it. So what are some of the things we can do to improve our sexual health? Now, I'm talking about adults, right? I'm not talking about the young kids because that's a whole different, you know, they're still growing, there's lots going yeah. on there. But adults, you know, into their 20s and up, if you would, what can they do to improve their sexual health from a lifestyle perspective? What lifestyle changes can they make? I would say number one, put the porn down. No more mm-hmm. porn, right? Yeah. Number two, I mean, you want to improve sexual performance. It's like any other thing in the body. I say get moving, get some physical activity going on in your life, right? I mean, when it comes to getting an erection, dude, you need circulation. If your blood mm-hmm. isn't flowing right, you know, and you're not doing cardio and you're just doing weight training, you know, mix it up, get a little bit of cardio in you. Make sure you do that. The other thing I would say is nutrition. Don't ever overlook the food that you're putting into your body. You need to get the right foods in you, man. The more micronutrient dense it is, man, the better, right? So, you know, don't get your quinoa in, (laughs) you know, get your proteins in. I mean, I'm not anti-vegan, but like I told you before, where I tried the vegan diet and I saw, you know, I saw changes down there when it came to to me being vegan for a bit where it's like, man, it was like lackluster, right? So, you know, I want to perform at full mass. So, you know. If you want to go full vegan, man, then make sure you take the proper supplementation involved with it. But Super if not, important, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's kind of the big thing, which I'm like, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. But say nutrition, man, make sure you get the right food in. Um, what else? Oh, hydration. Oh, hydration is a huge factor. 
if you want to make sure you're performing the best that you possibly can, make sure you're drinking enough water, which is something that often goes overlooked, especially for us in Canada. We live here yeah. where it's nice and cold. Mm-hmm. And um, I know for me, when, when the weather is cold, I don't drink as much water. So it's something that we really have to be conscious of, you know. But yeah, definitely want to make sure you get enough water in you. And vitamin D, man. Unfortunately, like we live in Canada, it's difficult to get as much sun as possible. So supplementation is important in that sense as well. Can you talk about the link of vitamin D to sexual performance? Vitamin D has been linked to testosterone. So um, there's this crazy study that I saw, actually. And um, there's a guy that I follow on Instagram. He's actually super big on this. and He's always posting about it. But it is true. It's um, vitamin D, when it hits your chest, will actually raise your testosterone levels by 20%, if I'm not mistaken. And um, they've done different studies just basically showing how people that live in places with sunshine and are constantly, you know, receiving vitamin D via the sun, you know, have higher testosterone levels. And the other thing too, ah, dude, I forgot exactly what the percentage was, but dudes that basically sunbathe their genitals, you know, basically their testicles would actually see heightened levels of testosterone in their bodies as a direct result of that. And why is testosterone so important for men uh, when it comes to sexual performance? Testosterone is the thing that dictates whether, you know, you can have an erection. It's what makes you more of a man right so Mm -hmm. whether it's sexual whether it's in the gym you know it's like if you see a guy that's taking synthetic testosterone he's receiving 400 of what like a natural level is so take like like bobby lashley you know wwe guy you know oh just jacked you know just juiced the gills jacked and shredded yeah i mean honestly i give that guy props because i'm like he's one of the few guys there who's just like he's just yoked right Mm -hmm. so he's probably a genetic freak that already has heightened testosterone levels right but now that he's taking the synthetic testosterone it's just like you can see what it you know, what the capabilities of testosterone, exogenous testosterone is, you know, almost from like a purely visual standpoint is, you know, you see bigger muscles, you see the guy, I don't know if he's taking growth hormone or not, but you know, his, this bone density is probably, you know, stronger. Um, It just, as men, it impacts like our performance in every aspect too, man. And I think even neural activity gets heightened as well for us men. But obviously, you know, the downside is, you know, you get a little bit more aggressive. Yep. <laughs> um, basically, all the things that help for athletic performance. Yeah, and the, there's no surprise why so many celebrities and A-listers uh, take testosterone yeah. supplementation, TRT therapy, because, you know, they understand the benefits of it every time they're prepping for a movie, they're on testosterone and other drugs just to get them there in that short amount of time. Now, I want to add a couple of points to, you know, what lifestyle changes people can make. Um, to help their sexual performance, because we talked about the stress, right? Remove yeah. remove the source of stress from your life, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a job, whether whatever it is, re- remove or reduce it. Because when you have high cortisol levels, that's going to counteract any benefits you yeah. have from you know testosterone and other things in your body that are beneficial. Because your body, once again, is a survival machine. It's the best survival machine ever made. And it will prioritize survival over rep- reproduction or anything else. So you must address your stress. That's, to to be honest with you, stress has been the Achilles heel for me. That's been my number one and only thing that's ever held me back from being in the shape I wanted continuously because stress, like the way I get affected by stress is not external. If it's external stress, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a military guy, external stress, it makes me harder, makes me a diamond. But internal stress, like from family members or people in my inner circle, that's what gets to me. It's like, oh my God, I can't be hard with them because, you know, they're my family. Yeah. So I just take it and that that negatively impacts me. So uh, there's been times in my life where I'd be training and eating perfectly, just perfectly for what I need to achieve. But I'd seen no results because I'm so freaking stressed out from people in my inner circle. And uh, yeah, one more thing I want to add is, like you said, nutrition. I want to double down on that because people don't realize, first of all, let's start with the the actual you know member down there, your, your penis. It's, it's not what most people think. It's not like muscle and bone. It's spongy tissue, right? It and is, what gets yeah. it to function is blood circulation. Yeah. If your blood vessels can't vasodilate, i.e. they can't you know, increase in size, and your blood's not flowing because you got bad heart or, or bad blood flow, and you're not drinking enough, well, guess yeah. what? You're not going to have the best erection, i.e. not going to lead to the best performance, right? So I, I want to double down on nutrition being such a key factor to it and addressing stress as a major component as well. Yeah, no, and you're 100% right. I mean, I was reading an article just recently about um, certain guys with diabetes. And, you know, with diabetes, a lot of people will lose, you know, fingers, toes, you know, feet. And uh, the dude was talking about how, you know, some people, as far as like lifestyle choices, they would actually see their penis start to atrophy because there was no right. circulation. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to make sure my penis is not atrophy from, you know, I'm right there with your brother, poor nutritional choices. Right. And it's and what we're seeing, too, with like type two diabetes. And I mean, you know, this it's, it's more than anything. It's just bad lifestyle choices. Right. Yeah. But the one thing that I will send in the defense of people who don't really, you know, study nutrition or know enough about nutrition is that we got all kinds of weird things in our food, man. Right now, there's all types of phytoestrogens. Yep. We got xenoestrogens. We got obesogens in our food. We got all these weird chemicals that are, for some reason, they're putting in our food that are just not necessary, right? Which is why I tell people, well, I tell my guys, I'm like, hey, just avoid as much processed food as possible. If it's got two ingredients, it's money. Stick with stuff like that, you know, it's in the produce and try to avoid the middle of uh, the grocery. Just because a lot of this stuff, man, I don't understand why they're putting this stuff into our food when it's really not necessary. Or, you know, what we see too is like sometimes in the meat, you know, they're in- injecting with hormones and all kinds of other things. And obviously yeah. we're ingesting it and, you know, unfortunately we absorb it and it's going to affect us negatively. Right. So now I, I want to, you know, there's so many ways we can go about this discussion because there's so many avenues to it. But one of the most important things I think to go over is why is it that men are trying to improve their sexual health, right? Because you got one camp, which is like, I, I want a size, I want a bigger, you know, membership. Yeah. Like, All right, great. That's one camp. The other camp is performance. So a lot of guys increasingly now are suffering from erectile dysfunction from ED. Yeah. Um, so I, I want to touch on the first camp first. So when it comes to size, right? Obviously, there's psychological issues there where if you are, if you truly don't have a micro penis, and I, I forget the number, but I think a micro penis is something under two inches. If I yeah, remember, three inches, yeah, three, three inches. Thank three you. Three inches, yeah. So if you don't actually have a medically defined micro penis, then you're looking at something more psychological, and that's obviously compounded by societal expectations, porn, 100%. women, all that yeah. stuff, right? But if somebody, if someone is say, you know, in the four, five, six, seven range, right, and they were trying to get bigger. What are some things they can do? Because I know this is something you specialize in. You've kind of researched yep. this a lot. Yeah. No, I mean, this is kind of, this is right in my uh, playing field. But number one, you know, you can do manual stretches. So I got free programs that I develop on Masking Health Solutions. Um, you know, one's a device-free program. One's a six-month using device. But the quick rundown right now I'll just give you is, first of all, manual stretches, where you just grab your penis, you hold it, you know, for 30 seconds. Later on, you could put some Kegels, you know, or do some Kegels. So you just stretch it out and you stretch the key and you do Kegels while you're stretched out. Right. So that's awesome, too, because you're working on your pelvic floor and continence. All those other things, you know, also play into it as well, because you want to make sure you have a strong foundation. So you want to make sure your pelvic floor muscles are strong in that sense, too. So Kegels, manual stretches, jelking is a huge one. So that's just very simple. You make an OK sign with your finger and you just kind of run it down the shaft and then you just kind of keep repeating, you know, alternate hand to hand. You want to make sure you're lubricated for that. You do want to make sure you're about 60 percent erect. Right. So there's that. And then my friend actually um, from gelictogain.com, he develops hangers, right? And hanging has been around since like, dude, the Stone Age, man. <laughs> yeah, since the Stone Age. You're absolutely correct. Yeah, I've seen those images. Like, you know, like Egyptians have done it. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's been around for forever. Like, this is nothing new. And one of the ones that uh, I touch on too is uh, the Bada Marimba tribe from Togo and Benin. But they use like a an, an OG extender, I guess you could call it. They've been using it since forever. And it's something that just in their culture is just, it's tradition, right? So their extender consisted of like something made out of ivory or wood, and it just had a hole and it was an old old school extender. Nowadays, you can use an extender as well. But going back to the hanging, the one that uh, my buddy Daniel Gray from Jelk to Gain made, um, basically the hanger, the way it works, uh, you just, you know, basically put the rig around your penis and then you get just hang five to 10 to 15 pounds depends on where you're at. So you do that and that'll obviously work on length. And then the reason why I kind of went into the extender side of things is that you put on an extender post-workout and it just stretches it out. So just think of the guys that are stretching out their ears, you know, or the woman that stretch out their necks. It's the same, it's the same process essentially. It's just mitosis, right? And um, so, yeah, you just slap on an extender and you just wear that. And again, gel to game, Daniel Gray, he's the one that set up some beautiful, he's an engineer, which is why, you know, I'm, I'm huge on his products. And um, he basically, he set up one where you just, he, you can go to sleep in it. It's so comfortable, right? And you just wear that for hours on end after you've done your stretch workout, your manual workout or your hanging session, right? So then you just wear your extender. There's also ADS devices, all day stretches that you can wear too. There's a whole bunch of different models, Phallus and Forte. Um, uh, what's another one? Total Man Shop is also one that I like. His products are 
are good too. This is stuff that you just wear for the whole day and it stretches you out. And then if you're looking for more girth, other things that you can do are pumping, clamping are the big ones, jellicking again, but just kind of slow down the tempo. Um, but yeah, I do mainly just pumping for, for girth. And I found that I've made wicked gains for that too. And, um, yeah, it's pretty much the gist of it. Kind of the quick rundown that I can think of from the top of my head. The other thing yeah. that I would recommend too, for guys that suffer from premature ejaculation is edging. So all that basically is, is you're basically masturbating, but your goal is not to come. Also, I recommend not using porn because when you use porn, a lot of guys just kind of get to that point of no return. Then they just bust and it's the same process. It's like, no, no, no. Learn to listen to your body better. So what they do is, you know, they work on stimulating yourself and right when you're going to come, you stop, right? Over time, you get used to your body well enough and you develop the stamina that you need to kind of just, you know, know how to react better and just respond better to, to how your body, you know, when you're stimulated, right? And it's kind of like almost viewed like a, like a marathon. Eventually, over time, you get better at running the race and you can actually make it to the finish line. And uh, but edging in itself, post workout, a lot of guys use that too because it just kind of gives you a better pump, right? So it's almost like at the gym where you get a pump from doing bicep curls, you know, you do right. some edging post workout and just kind of keeps you harder. So that's huge. Pretty much the rundown right now. I got the rest of them at masculinehealthsolutions.com for anybody that's wondering. <laughs> that's amazing. I, I know a lot of guys wonder about this and they just never voice it. You know, they might talk, talk about it with their buddies when they go out to the cottage or whatnot, right? Just, you know, between yeah. men. But most men don't have the answers themselves. So it's important for this information to get out there. So for anybody who is interested in working on their length or girth or actually making physically physical changes, you know, they can go after it. I, I will say from, you know, a biological perspective, um, are you going to, you know, increase your size by four inches and, 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 you know, four inches length and girth? No, you're not. You're, there, there's a limitation here. Genetics defines that quite a bit. And remember the biological thing with your penis is it, it, it's not muscle and bone necessarily. It's a spongy tissue that fills with blood. So there's only so much you can do. So it's important, I think, to set the expectation that, listen, going into this, it might take you a while. You might see some gains, but don't expect like, you know, world changing. I'm a completely different person. Uh, and that ties into something I want to go into next, which is the psychology, right? Because we look at things like uh, like ED, uh, erectile dysfunction, or pre pre uh, premature ejaculation, PE. You look at ED and PE, and I think one of the biggest things uh, you touched on already is porn, right? Yeah. But it all ties to the central theme of the psychology of the person, right? Porn amps our brains for that quick reward, quick release, quick reward system. So does a snack that's sugary, right? Yeah. Uh, same thing happens with guys when, you know, they go through famine and drought uh, when it comes to their sexual health. So let's say you're married or you have a partner and you're not having sex. You have a big period of time when you don't do it. Well, when you come back to it, of course, you're going to ejaculate really fast. Your your body's like, okay, hey, good to go. Let's go. <laughs> right, we're built to, remember, survive first and reproduce second. Those are our main modes of uh, living. So when you, get, when you have a big gap, gentlemen, you're going to come really fast. It's just going to happen. Now, it's important to say that out loud because guys don't hear that. They, if that happens to them, they think, oh, I messed up. I did something wrong. Yeah. It's not that, is it? It's like, it's like, dude, you're out of practice, right? You haven't run in like 10 years. All of a sudden you think you're going to sprint hundred meters and beat the world record. It's not going to happen. Yeah. No, that's hundred percent true when it comes to like, just being able to perform in the bedroom. And honestly, yeah, I've been through some drought periods too, where it's like, you know, barely gets touched. And all of a sudden you're like, ah, you know, and it is what it is. But the thing is, it's kind of like that's a difference in, in being married and I'm not going out there trying to impress anybody. Right. And my wife yeah. kind of knows. And sometimes, you know, she's like, ah, you know, it's been a long time. Come here, you know, perform something else, you know. Right. <laughs> right. And the that's kind of the thing. It's like, you know, you build that confidence. And I think sex more than anything, it's not it's not just about the physical action. Right. Especially between a couple. Like if I actually love my wife, you know, there, there's more to it than just having sex. And obviously sex is a great way for us to you know, unite or whatever, come together as one. And it's beautiful. And I love it. But that being said, you know, when it comes to actual sex, it's about the spiritual connection. You know, there's a lot more to it, right? Like, I love that you say that because see, I, I was trying to get to it, but you got there first. I love that. <laughs> because there, there's and I'm not gonna say it's an issue. Everyone has their own free choice to make. But th there's a higher rate of men and women having, let's say, sex outside of a marriage or like a solid union, whatever that looks like to them. So you know, when that does happen, I, I got to ask you, do you think it cheapens the value of sex to them? So it changes the way they perform? I think I, I honestly, 
like I'm a God fearing Christian man, right? At the right. end of the day. And yeah. um for me, you know, the Bible it says, you know, that or nowadays anyways in, in Christian theology, it's viewed that, you know, you should have one, you know, one uh partner for the rest of your life or, you know, marry your mm-hmm. wife and then be done with it, right? And even for myself, you know, like I, I didn't practice that and I regret that. Right. Okay. So for me, from a per- strictly personal like standpoint, like I just wish I had just married my wife and just, you know, one person, because I think the more right. people you continue to have sex with, man, yeah, the more it cheapens what sex is and it devaluates, you know, what sex truly should be, in my opinion. Right. And I, I get it. You know, everybody's got different choices that they can make and whatever it is that they want to believe. But for myself, I'm like, you know what? I think you can have a way stronger connection, a way stronger bond with somebody if it's just you and her exclusively and if you had known nothing else outside of that you know i think it truly helps to solidify the relationship now does that mean that you know if you've had other partners and and now you marry somebody you'll never have that connection i don't think so you know i think now it's like you just got to focus on that person and right. just you know between the two of you just you know you work on making your relationship as strong as possible and you know to me, I think society as a whole, we're devaluating sex to the point where it's like everybody's just giving themselves up to everybody else, you know, one Only night fans. Stands. Only <laughs> fans. That's all I got to say on that one. It's, and, it's, it's incredible to me that, that, you know, I mean, you think about it, right? You have, and I'm not advocating porn. I'm just saying porn is available for free online for anybody who, who, who's into it. Yeah. But then there's OnlyFans that comes along and charges people money for the same thing. It's like, hold on a second. How how deprived are we as a society, as a culture, as a civilization, and how misguided are we when it comes to our sexual health that we are willing to pay millions of dollars to a service that's already available for free in greater variety? Yeah. yeah for me, it just I think I think what we're seeing too is a lot of people that are addicted to sex, but not in the way that they were before. People aren't seeking physical sex almost. They're just seeking that release. Okay. And it's like from a strictly, I don't want to say egocentric, but it, it's from like, just from my gratification. Like, I want this for me. And today I want to watch X, Y, Z. Sounds very narcissistic in a way. Like you're feeding a narcissistic personality. It, it, it kind of feel like it is. Cause it's kind of like, listen, man, like, you know, we as men, it's something we were talking about before, you know? you want to hunt for what you want, right? Like right. my wife kind of liked it when I was chasing her back in the day, right? She, she <laughs> wanted to be chased. It's almost like, yeah, you, you want this, come get it, right? Like, yeah. but it, it's, you got to work towards it, buddy, right? And obviously as a man, I always told her that, like I, I value that more in that in her as a woman, right? Versus a chick that's just there with her legs spread, like come get it. I'm like, meh, you know, right. meh, right? And I think now with the OnlyFans, like a lot of guys are like, I don't even want that chase. I just want it now. So, okay, I put my money in here. Cool. You know, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna roll with that. Like even in Japan, which is really weird. I was, um, there's this thing now that uh, I looked up because my buddy was telling me about it, how a lot of these guys in Japan are addicted or not addicted. They're married to like a virtual girlfriend. Oh, geez, come on. Really? No, I'm dead serious. And and their virtual girlfriend like has fake food when he gets home and he pretends to eat it. (laughs) and. And like, there's all kinds of weird things going on where like they're married to like a virtual avatar and they make love to their virtual avatar and there's devices that they hook up to their dicks. And I'm like, that's uh, not for me, you know, but I got to say, this is an unpopular opinion, what you're saying and what I agree with. I agree with what you're saying. Like, that's just not for me. It's an unpopular opinion because nowadays we, we live in a culture where it's like, no, no, everybody can do whatever they want. And there's no care for, Hey, there's a natural order to things. Like there's a way things are supposed to be. It's been like that since the inception of mankind back when, whenever we, we we were created or or whatever your beliefs are, we were created or we formed from a molecule. There's a natural order to nature. And when you start messing with that, you're messing with things that you can't control. And that's going to come back to bite you. For example, we're adaptation machines, right? We'll adapt to any environment in any place we get thrown in. What do you think happens when you take away the need to hunt or the, or the need to chase something or the, or the need to find a partner and fight for that? Well, you don't need that testosterone as much anymore. And what do we see now in society, right? Men are becoming more effeminate because, well, we don't need that kind of testosterone. I'm not saying it's good or bad. Everybody has their opinion on that. I'm saying you guys don't realize there's a natural order to it. And people who advocate for, oh yeah, everybody's equal. Everybody's this and that. Well, guess what? Everybody's equal in their own way. Everybody can't play on the same field. Everybody has a position. 
right? A goalie no. can't be forward. A forward mm -hmm. can't be a goalie. There's a position for everybody. So when you start taking away the need, like you said, this virtual girlfriend or virtual avatar thing in Japan, it's just, there's no need for the testosterone. So the body's going to adapt over time, over hundreds of years, over thousands of years, we're going to adapt and not have as much testosterone. And guess what happens when we don't have testosterone, right? A whole host of health issues, not just sexual health issues, because we're built to survive with testosterone and use it in our lifetimes. I agree with you 100%. And it's kind of like people that want the quick fix. Like what I'm seeing too is like, it's funny you mentioned that, like a lot of effeminate kind of dudes who, uh, you know, they go to the gym and they'll be like, hey, you know, I need training, I need help, whatever. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay, you know, what kind of supplements are you taking? And a couple of guys have actually told me, like, oh, yeah, I ordered, I ordered DECA. I got test. I'm like, wait, 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 Jeez, hold the phone. Is, He's like, oh yeah, Arnold God. took it. I'm like, bro, Arnold, <laughs> Arnold put in that work before. Like, this guy had been going hard since he was like 13, man. And now you're getting DECA? You're taking Debo? I'm like, listen, man, like, there is no shortcut to this. And if there is, it's kind of like, listen, buddy, you're just going to get side effects. You're not really going to make the gains that you're looking for but everybody's looking for a shortcut. They want that quick reward. I'm like, you don't want to put in that work? Well, good luck. Like, and it's weird too, because I think more than anything, when it comes down to like, we need that testosterone in our bodies. And I think, because psychologically, it's, it's, it's what makes us men too, right? Yeah. And I think now that we live in an age where everything's getting so convoluted, it's almost like, well, what is a man? How do you define a man? Like, you know, and if if you call that guy, you say he's not really manly. All of a sudden, you know, you're some type of misogynistic, right? Uh, I don't know, zealot. You know, and they come out to hunt you. But I'm like, listen, man, it's not the case. I'm just, I don't know. I'm like, you know what? If everybody wants to live their life in their own way, that's fine. But I got to make sure that I raise my kids right to know, hey, you know what? This is your role. Yep. And this is a part of manhood, right? And at the end of the day, there's still going to be women that are going to be out there looking for real men. Right. And I think it's our job to instruct, you know, the ones that we take care of as best we can. Right. So now, now let me let me put this in before I get all the hate mail from everybody. You get all the hate mail. When, I, when we say men are becoming effeminate, we're not saying men can't be sensitive. Right. I got two daughters. I am as sensitive as the next guy. I've been known to cry privately when my daughter for the first time went to someone, someone else. And I was like, oh, my God, like, how could she go to that guy? I'm her dad. Right. Like sensitivity is 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 always and should be a part of your you know a, a man's personality and character but effeminism you know acting like a, like a woman have taking the characteristics qualities that are typically found in women in females it's okay but it's becoming an issue now because we're going to the extreme we're losing what it means like you said to be a man right there's certain things and every time i say this every time anybody says it, they get they get shot down in this culture but this is how it's been for millennia from the inception of humankind. And there's always been people on the fringes, always been people who want to be effeminate men and masculine women, and that's fine. But when you start forcing that onto people and trying to make that a norm, and you try to make that the default, that's where I have a problem with it. Because like you said, I got to raise myself and my kids to understand there's a, there's a place for you in nature. There's a place for you in the natural order. And you should yeah. do your best to fight these uh, extreme ideas that are forced down your throat as a norm. You know, Joe Rogan, um, interestingly, on this podcast recently, I forget what guest he was talking to, but they were discussing how there's a researcher out there, and I got to look this up myself to see what he said. But apparently there's a researcher out there who studies civilizations, you know, their, their rise yeah. and fall. And he, Rogan was saying how, you know, he, when he studied civilizations, the most common thing he saw before their downfall was that everybody gets so obsessed with gender. And they start <sighs> mixing gender and the borders kind of go away and men become like women, women become like men. And in honor of Father's Day that's coming up, you know, I think it's so important for men out there who have a, you know, XY chromosome, men, if you have an XY chromosome, you're a man, to understand, listen, when civilizations go down this road, and this has been talked about in the Bible, in the Quran, in, you know, religious texts, historical texts, it's not just a researcher saying this, this is oh. something you can go verify today. You see this happening when civilizations start blurring those borders and mixing the genders and gender roles things start falling apart real fast. So I think it's super important to make sure we talk about these things, even though it is an unpopular opinion. Well, to add to that, there's actually a book and it's called Fall of an Empire. And it talks about how they start to, yes, the whole gender thing kind of comes up. And the other thing that he talked about too, which kind of made me think, you know, this ties in perfectly to our society, is their addiction to hedonistic lifestyles. Yeah. Right. And right now you look around, it's almost like, um, I think Jordan Peterson was talking about this too. It's like, everybody wants to be a rebel, but there is no cause. Everybody wants to fight, but there's no reason to fight. You know, I think people just kind of come to the point where it's like, we're so comfortable 
in um, our society right now that people are just becoming restless almost. You know, it's like, oh, I got nothing. I got nothing else to do. So I'm just going to I'm just going to fight this. I'm going to go protest that, you know, I'm, I'm going to be part of this new victim group just because. And I think it's kind of a weird reflection of what our society is kind of turning into and how everybody just like, I don't know, everybody's just kind of becoming more soft and, and woe is me. And I just I don't know. I, I find that it's a recurring theme that just doesn't make any sense. Right. Well, let me dig into your brain now as, as a trainer, as a coach, right? You work with people in the gym, help them get fit, help them achieve a better lifestyle. What kind of workouts, exercises can they do in the gym to help them, you know, men in particular, help them get stronger, get better, improve their testosterone profiles? What kind of things can they do? So number one, focus on your compound lifts. Compound lifts, I think are huge, you know, get your squat, your deadlift, your bench press, anything with a barbell. Um, Olympic lifting, I would say hold off, you know, unless you're training with a coach, make sure you get the, the basics down. And um, I'd say number one, though, man, like whether it's the gym or outside the gym is just get your steps in, man, just walk. For a lot of people, I think doing the bare minimum and just walking in itself, I mean, you're going to get that cardiovascular health. It's good for your brain. Go walk in the forest, you know, walking an hour a day for me is it's terrific. It's a great way to lose weight. And you know, I think one of the biggest things too in men is that a lot of guys suffer with visceral fat. So I think walking is underrated in the same way water is underrated. But definitely I'd say, you know what, compound lifts are fantastic if you want to just go and do something simple, right? All right. So let's say you get a client today who wants to get in shape. He's a guy, he's in his 30, 30s, maybe 35, 36. And he says, okay, I want to get in shape. What kind of exercises are you prescribing him? Uh, first, I'd look at his form, kind of know like, okay, you know, does he have any back issues, knee issues? Kind of start off with that, do kind of like um, a full breakdown of like who he is, you know, where his deficiencies kind of lie. And then probably start off, you know, with that. Most guys, it's just kind of like, okay, tight hip flexors. So I'd probably start off with like, you know, uh, the one that I do like actually is um, the back leg elevated lunge. Start off with that, maybe just yeah. with body weight. Um, I probably go the calisthenic route, tell you the truth. I'd probably start off with some pull-ups, push-ups, just to see how much you can do. Yeah. Just to kind of give me that marker, break that down, be like, okay. And then from there, I'd probably step it up. Maybe you can do like a TRX kind of workout from there just to see how his form is. And then after I'm done kind of breaking that down, I'd probably, you know, barbell rows, lap pull-downs, I do like, you know, that's like a beginner workout that absolutely anybody can do. So... Now these it's workouts, uh, these workouts are going to help them improve their testosterone profile for sure, right? Because as you drop body fat and you drop the excess weight, testosterone profiles get better. Um, they're going to have more strength, more, more energy. Um, they're going to have cardio benefits from doing any kind of cardio that they do. Their pelvic floor that you talked about earlier is going to yeah. get stronger when you brace and do things like deadlifting, squatting, etc. Um, you know, but here's one question. This is a word that gets thrown around a lot: stamina. Now, when it comes to sexual health, stamina gets thrown out a lot. So let's say the guys are listening now and they're like, okay, man, like I got the tools, I got the package, I got everything good to go, but my stamina is not there. How do they improve their stamina? Like just sexual stamina, like just keeping it up? Let's, let, let's say sexual and overall after that. Um, let's say number one, like I was talking about before was edging, right? So just edging, being able to know how to control yourself. Um, the other thing too is breath work, actually. Now that you mention it, because yeah, I forgot about breath work, but the way you breathe and... Um, if you're breathing rapidly, like, you know, you're going to bust in two seconds, man. You know, you got to slow it down, just concentrate on breathing. The other tip that I, I would give out too is you want to brace your teeth. You almost like just hold that down because the moment you open your mouth, like, you know, when you're coming, it's almost like, ah, <laughs> and it's kind of like, it, it's a physiological marker. I remember Yo Elliot was the one talking about that, but it, it's actually true, right? You want to just brace and almost be like in full aggressive, like hunter mode, right? It's kind of the way I look at it. And, um, men sometimes since we're we're more visual creatures than women right so sometimes just look away you know a little bit you know if it's like in like got to look away a little bit and what about general stamina so what can they do in the gym to help them get better cardio and help the blood flow and help all of those things honestly i'd say just walking man get your cardio in everybody's afraid of the cardio machines and you know everybody's got different takes as to which machine's better i'm like honestly just get on a machine and do your cardio. Don't be scared that you're going to lose muscle because usually you're not. You don't lose muscle by doing cardio. I mean, I like running and I haven't lost muscle. The only thing is like my calves don't grow, so I don't really care about calves anymore. So I'll go run. I'll do whatever. <laughs> Team like, no calves. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, honestly, I got high calves. So I'm like, I just gave up. 
I was going really hard about 10 years ago and I honestly made maybe half an inch of calf gain. So I was like, whatever. I got small calves. <laughs> well, you know, that that highlights a point where um, if people understood how the body actually works and how visually, why does it look uh, different from other people's, they'd stop worrying about things like that. Like someone who doesn't have calves, so to say, they obviously they have a calf muscle, but it's just yeah. the insertion points are different. So it doesn't visually show as a, like a big, large pop in muscle. Low hanging calves versus right. high calves. Yeah, man, I looked That's it up. all it I was is, like, oh. yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, if genetically you're not going to be in the, the best situation with that, then why fight it and stress out over it? That stress is not helping you in any circumstance in life. Not at all, man. It's kind of like, listen, I could still squat heavy. I could do my calf raises, you know, and I could jump pretty decently. So it is what it is, man. Now I'm going to switch gears a little bit because this is uh, the first part of a four part Father's Day special, uh, you know, series that I'm doing this entire week. So instead of dropping one episode a week, I'm doing like four or five this week right? Nice. I want to make sure the men out there get the maximal benefit. So we've talked a lot about sexual health, sexual performance, right? You've given them some really solid, like detailed tips on things they, they, they can do to improve that. So that's cool. But I want to ask you, you're a dad, right? Yep. So, you know, Father's Day is coming up. What does that mean to you? You know, a day specifically there to celebrate fatherhood. What is fatherhood to you? How's that going for you? Oh, uh, you know, fatherhood for me is just Honestly, it's just the commitment to my wife and kids at the end of the day, you know, it's just about being as committed as possible and just kind of serving them. At the end of the day, it's like, you know what, you're just serving these people. They didn't, they didn't want to be here with you. Well, at least my kids, you know, but it's like, you decided to have them, you decided to make them. Now it's on me to be responsible. And for me, fatherhood is just, you know, I'm, I'm their provider, protector. I'm the dude that's got to take care of them. I put, you know, the food in their mouths, you know, I make sure I've got a roof over their heads. That's kind of for me, like what the role is. And then obviously just love them, man, you know, love my wife, love my kids and just make sure that we're a strong family unit. And more than anything, I think now, like we were talking about before and some that's kind of come up, you know, it's like my job is to make sure that they become good contributing members to society. And yeah. I think the best way to do that is to raise good men. Right. So. That's no, I'm pretty gonna, much. I'm going to ask you a question that's going to get you a lot of hate mail, but I think it's important to discuss it. <laughs> okay. So especially from like feminists, they're going to come at you and me, but this is important. When you say it's especially important to raise good men to improve society, why aren't you saying it's important to raise good women? Uh, why why well, men? For me, my focus is men just because I got boys. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to women, I'm like, okay, here, here's one for them. I have never been a woman. So how do I know how to be a good woman? I'm sorry. If you've never been a woman, you know, you're not going to know what it's like to be a woman unless you go and ask a good woman, you know, who was born that way, you know, and uh, you can say whatever you want, spin it a million ways. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, in order to be a good man, you got to be the role model and be a good man means that, you know, you got to, you got to hold up and, and, it's a reflection of who I am. And that's kind of what I'm trying to transfer to my kids versus a good woman. I don't know. You know, I, I look at my wife and she's kind of like my marker to what a good woman is. You know, I look at, you know, certain women who are fantastic. Right. But I don't know about that arena. So I'm I not going to offer that. instruction on that. I appreciate that candor and honesty. That That's something that you don't hear a lot from men because they either take one side or the other. I'll add to your point uh, from my perspective. See, I, I got two daughters. So uh, yeah. I'm the only guy in my house surrounded by one, two, three, four, four women. <laughs> All right. Um, my family on my mother's side, I have like, you know, like 12 aunts and like, I don't know how many cousins for like two each. Like most of them are female. I was one of the few males. So uh, I have a very deep understanding of what it's like growing up around a lot of women. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, Jordan Peterson talked about it really well. Um, agree with him, disagree with him, whatever, but his points are solid about a few things, which is when you look at a society, a free society, like I think Scandinavia, he said. Yeah. Right? I think Where it was you, Sweden. Yeah. Oh, Sweden. Yeah. Some, something about, yeah. up that in, 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 that, in that region. When you made society as equal as possible when it comes to equal opportunities, right? So men and women, exactly the same opportunities. There's very yeah. little barriers, if any. What do we tend to do as human beings? Women tend to go to professions like nursing, care-related, care-based. Men and engineering. To, exactly. Men tend yeah. to go for, you know, the CEO roles, the engineering. And it's not that women can't do it. It's not that men can't do the nursing roles. It's just what we choose based on what men and women are like. It's our personality. It's in our yeah. DNA. Yeah. So when you say it's important to raise 
you know, good, strong men. I get that because the roles that men occupy dictate in the large part the direction of civilizations. However, the role that women occupy, I argue, is far more important because generally speaking, and I'm generalizing here, generally speaking, women are the ones who bring up your kids. They're yeah. the ones who take care of you guys. They're the ones who hold everything together. They're the, they're the ones who we come out of. If there's no woman, we're, we're not here. So yeah, I, I obviously argue the women's roles are far more important because they're the ones who raise humanity. But yeah. the roles that men occupy, they guide humanity. It's just uh, the way it sense. works out. Yeah, so like I, I say this because I guarantee there's like somebody with feminist alignment <laughs> listening to this thing. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe these two talking about women like this. I'm like, chill out, relax. When you put them on equal playing fields, we naturally, men and women, choose different roles based on how we are. It's just the way things are. There's a natural order to things. 100% agree with you, man. But that's kind of one of the things that's getting like lost in society nowadays, where it's yeah. almost like we're trying to just kind of blur the lines. I mean, you can, we're built differently. Yeah. I mean, we could try to spin it a million ways till Sunday, but it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. It's like, listen, men, men is built one way, woman is built another. You can blur the lines. And I kind of think that, I don't know, I kind of feel like there's something more sinister going on, I guess, with this whole like gender reversal, like surgeries that they're performing on kids and and telling them to think a certain way and, and trying oh, to expose them to things, you know, as, as young as they are. And I'm like, you know what, that's you're mutilating a child because of what he tells you at 12, at 12, man. And I, I thought I was destined for the NBA, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it. So it, it's kind of one of those things where I feel like it's important to let people and I guess my kids know anyways, you know what your role is and that you're a man. And this is this is how it is, man. So. And you know, my kid, my kid, my old, my oldest one, she's uh, going to be five uh, in the next few weeks. And if she comes and tells me, uh, daddy, I want to fly like the birds. Am I going to say, okay, that's great. Go on a building and jump off. No, no they're kids no. for a reason. We're adults for a reason. Yeah. When adults lose their way, when they don't hold on to firm principles that are nature-based that are tested throughout time this is what happens we end up doing surgeries on kids and like i can go on this for like hours and hours how much yeah. it pisses me off that kids are being subjected to this and it's it's not their fault the media is all on board with this whole choo-choo train of yeah it's okay to be whatever you feel like no it's not kids don't understand things like we do as adults adults have a hard time contemplating these things adults struggle with these thoughts and feelings and i'm not saying they're not valid thoughts and feelings if you're feeling these they're totally valid absolutely you have a right to explore it but to say that you know kids can now get surgery and hormones and all of this stuff to get changed we've lost our way uh, and this is yeah. why i talk about these topics they're not popular but i think in light of father's day it's important to inspire men to think about these things in their life because if you're a man and especially if you're a family man you know, you've yeah. got your wife, your partner, your kids, whatever the situation is, you are responsible for helping them, guiding them as, as much as they're responsible for helping you and guiding you. So you need to be a part of the solution and raise strong men, strong women, so we can all go forward in our, in our roles in life and help society get better because it's, it's not getting better. And we just keep celebrating Father's Day and buying a gift and that's pretty much it. No, let's make yeah. an actual change, right? No, 100% agree with you, man. All right. Now, I, I always ask my guests one question before we cap it off. I wanted to go. I want this episode to go three hours, but I've got to, got to cap it because <laughs> I want to have you on for a further episode. So, I always ask them one question that I like them to think about, and then kind of let me know, you know, what their answer is. You ready? Okay. Why should men work on their sexual health and performance? Why does it matter? I think number one. And I think the most important at the end of the day, just confidence. And I think confidence, it's, it's like we talked about the gym and how that you develop that discipline that carries over into every aspect of life. I think for us men, when you have that confidence in that realm, it carries on into every aspect of your life. And it's kind of like Napoleon Hill talked about and think grow rich about sexual transmutation, right? And I think it's a good analogy and it's kind of a good way to look at life. And when you know you have that confidence there, I think it propels you to do bigger and better things, especially when it's in the correct realm, when it's you, your wife, and you perform at your best, you know, it's almost like you feel, man, you feel unstoppable. And then you can go on and do other things. You go into the business world, you go into your, your job, you go into ev everywhere else and you feel spectacular, right? So I think more than anything, it's confidence, man. And I confidence plays a huge agree. factor. Because I, I think, you know, like uh, one of the biggest things too, I think is, 
self-confidence and a lot of people lack that and you see you know and that's kind of when they digress into going on their computers and getting addicted to whatever right so for me i'd say yeah just the development of confidence and, and the confidence you get from it i number one completely agree um you know it's the same reason why i tell people men and women listen get in the gym get a get a workout in and make it a regular habit because you may gain muscle lose fat whatever that those are physical things that are benefits for sure but the number one benefit is the confidence the psychological strength you build and that carries through every aspect of your life when you know yes, yeah. you've put the work in you know that you've earned whatever it is you're getting nothing can take you down nothing can bring you down you know you've done the work you know that you are worth something because you've put the work in see in this society nowadays like you said with only fans and stuff like that instagram <laughs> even the self gratification is so instant and so freely available that we don't have to work for stuff anymore like in school they give out participation trophies and i'm like what in the world is that <laughs> like what is a participation trophy you're either a winner or you just didn't win this time that's okay work harder become the winner next time yeah right but it's so instantaneous that people no longer have to work for things. Yeah. And they're losing the value of hard work, which is when you work for something, you cherish it more. It means more. It has a lot more value. That's why raising kids, I think, is such a great endeavor. The hard work that goes into raising a kid into being a decent human being, you know, whether they stay with you later in life or do their own thing or whatever, you know, you've done your level best and that work has gone into benefiting somebody. 100%, so um, I agree with you and confidence is, is, is definitely uh, one of those things that men can benefit from by working on their sexual health. If they think they can do better, do better. 100%, man. CJ, this has been amazing. Now, before you go, I got to ask you, is there anything else you'd like to share with the people listening to the show? Oh, uh, no, you can find me on Instagram at Mask and Health Solutions, maskandhealthsolutions.com. And if anybody needs help or coaching, just give me a holler, man. Awesome, CJ. This was a lot of fun. I can't wait to have you back on the show. Thank you for coming on tonight. All right. Hey, have a good night, man. Cheers. <laughs>